hate how echoey this room is. I wish I knew that we were recording. I would have done fucking something about it. Thanks for the heads up. I mean, I made it very clear in public multiple times. It was in the whole thing. Didn't say me. Tell tell me directly. So doesn't matter. You're right. I have memory of a goldfish. Then you can't be. So I guess what we should have done is said you're welcome for the heads up. Yeah, we did. We gave you a heads up. Thanks, guys. You just forgot. I feel. I really feel prepared now. Yeah. I mean, that's not on us. <laughs> everything, everything that is here is your fault, and I love that. Are you still us. in Europe? Yep. <laughs> Hasn't it been like three weeks? Yeah, I'm still in Europe. This is how sound is in Europe. Well, I mean, it's, it's further. <laughs> yeah, the sound has to travel <laughs> further. It's like yeah, it's like coming down a hallway, you know? Oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah. All right. That's why it sounds this is like happening that. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in, I'm still in in Portugal, so that's why it's like. Uh... It looks like it could be the U.S. behind you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's uh, it's a Q and A. We're queuing. It's... We're aing. We're queuing and aing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't know you were going to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are. I've I've made it very <laughs> now clear. everyone real knows. personal. Yeah. Uh, this is in celebration of the end of the campaign of uh, the second campaign of Adventure Incorporated. We are answering the questions that were handed down to us. My favorite part about Rob's new setup is that uh, if he looks at something inappropriate on his computer, we'll know because of the window behind mm. him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when he's looking at pornos instead of paying attention. Shut that video we're real fast. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I'm not definitely looking at Anthony's face. <laughs> now, Rob, uh, this is important for you to know for your day job also. Yeah. No, it sure is. Uh, <laughs> it sure is. That's a good picture. I you, angled you my camera and in... this glass surface very specifically <laughs> to not at... reflect what's on Just... my screen. <laughs> Just looking at some stuff right now. You may want to invest in some blinds for that door window. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we got questions. He's in Portugal, though, so he, uh, yeah, I'm not in the states. This is, remodel. this is just how everything is in Europe. Reflective <laughs> and echoey. Uh, we got questions from people in our Discord. They sent them to us. It is. <laughs> we're gonna answer them. We are also going to take questions uh, in the chat if you have them. I mean, like, you don't have to force it because there's plenty of good questions here. But if you've got them, that's what we're here for. So. Uh, oh, we got a great question in chat, Anthony. Great question. From Lost Limey. It <laughs> says, uh, who are you people? Now, I'm Anthony Reed. I'm the Dungeon Master of Adventure Incorporated. Uh, if you're just oh, showing you up for this. say it the way you do, normally do. Boy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it it's a tough thing to set up. Uh, I'm Anthony Reed. I'm your dungeon master, Anthony Reed. That's true. That's true. He, Rob could have been Anthony Reed because he didn't know who we were. Yeah, we could have done this totally different. That's true, but we didn't. Um, that's, we we got uh, over here to my, I guess if you're watching this, to my left, it's Rob. And to my right, it's Steph. And then just below me to the left, it's Mike. And just below me to the right, it's Mike. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you anybody else, anything else, everything else you got to figure out on your own. Uh, okay. Including the answers to the questions yeah, that's that right. we're just going to read <laughs> and then move on. Just from. Q in. Just Q in. 
Uh, all right. No, he promised we would A, too. We did promise we would A. So let's start Aing some cues. Uh, I'm going to throw some cues at you guys, and then you need to start Aing them. Um, and, and then I'll throw a cue at me or, know. or we'll, you know, we'll see where it goes, where the he's night gonna, goes. He's going to throw the first one. At I hate this bit. <laughs> uh, our first cue, uh, what do you guys, uh, so, so we're going to start, we're going to start broad and we'll start to, to hone in a little bit. What story arc for this campaign was your favorite? Uh, you know, and we could talk just a little bit about that, uh, for like, which story arcs really resonated with you? So I think it's important, Anthony, that we uh, let the listeners know that when we're recording, you don't say, okay, this is going to be episode one of the Twist of Fate story arc. What happens is we do the recordings and then Anthony decides what the story arc is called after we've recorded it and then publishes it. And so like, that's true. So, Sometimes yeah. we don't know what where the arcs kind of go. Like we can feel it, right? And uh, and I will say for this campaign, things were a little bit different. We tried really hard to uh, do eight episode arcs. Uh, we did. Yes, we did. Okay, we did. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> of us did. <laughs> I was just there for it. <laughs> See, it wasn't me guys. either, Rob. But I did put a list together, and I shared it with the cast before, uh, because I wasn't sure what were arcs and what were not. But uh, I think looking at the list and remembering what we did, my personal favorite was probably the Oracle arc, uh, mm. because I like the mechanic structure behind these kind of like solo episodes a lot and i liked hearing the what could have been for everyone i thought that was really fun i really like yeah i have to i have to agree oracle is because it was just more fun like listening back like as a as a it was more fun than playing with everyone (laughs) no it was more (laughs) um it was more fun to listen back and to my own like, voice instead of your dumb voices. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just never can give a genuine answer to anything here. Uh, no, it was it was really fun to listen back to see what everyone else is doing wrong without my presence. That's what I was trying to say. Like how warped Still a dig. was. Still a dig. Me. It was nice to like it was a big ego boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. For me. Nice that to know good. you're the carry. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, I mean, it was just fun to like hear everyone in their own uh, world. Although second, uh, close second was the alternate reality whisper of lies shit. Because it was so fun to see evil versions oh of everyone. Oh, Except yeah. for Belroth, yeah. who was just a nerd. Evil nerd Belroth. Oh my goodness, your office work was pristine. <laughs> so that's so good. Uh, Steph. Yeah. So the the alternate reality was mine as well, um, mostly because Anthony made me do another thing first without any preparation. <laughs> uh, she threw me into the fire there, but I think that <laughs> on the um, like on the fly like that, having to come up with these 
alternate versions of ourselves, but still like having to battle that, uh, like when the knowledge seeps in. And that was the other thing about the Oracle that I really liked is like how we each played so differently knowing where we had come from versus like where we were. So anytime we get to play multiple versions of our characters in one, I think is really, really, it's a fun uh, acting exercise for sure. Mm. Uh, Mike C, what about you? Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed that arc as well. But my pick is uh, Ancient Secrets, where we got to go back in time through the God's Eye. Uh, that was super fun. I I love lore dumps, and I felt like we got so much just world info and just origin stories, and um, it was so cool living that history um, that we were uh, we somewhat knew of. Like like I don't know, there were some things from the last campaign that we learned about, and then also from the more relevant uh, demon campaign. Um, so yeah, ancient ancient secrets, super fun. I really liked that arc because it basically said like, hey, that thing from campaign one that was like a fundamental underpinning of creation is total bullshit. Uh, and it always has been. And like, I, I enjoyed that <laughs> immensely. I th- What I think is really interesting about how much you guys gravitated toward the alternate reality ones is that, uh, you know, you can't do those in a vacuum. <clears throat> Right. Like we really have to earn them by creating these characters Mm -hmm. and then playing Mm -hmm. them consistently and then creating a space where things are different. Because if you don't have that built in space, then when then that's not something different. That's just like it. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's all you've known. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I think for me, uh, part of the trick of picking out an individual arc for this campaign was that like we were in this space where campaign one was so it felt so scattershot right and then all of a sudden it started to hone in and you could feel kind of the the machinations of an arc forming and then ending well yeah we're going to go down the ley line of whatever right now we're going to go down the ley line of whatever else and then like in this one it it felt like one continuous story the whole way so it didn't feel as clearly broken up uh along the the path you know yeah absolutely i mean part of that was I mean, it was very intentional because I knew that coming out of the scope that we had for campaign one, you know, a five year campaign that really uh, like ran the the sort of end game level uh, come come together at the end. Uh, it it needed to have a very different feel for campaign two. We needed to come into it and have a much more focused path um and and also with campaign two initially when i wrote campaign two it was a four-year campaign uh and it was uh, this part one this this was part of a storyline that was going to be concurrent with what eventually will be campaign three um and they were going to be happening simultaneously swapping back and forth a little bit like what happened in campaign one but a little more focused um and this time getting to separate them out and really focus on that two-year campaign 
um, you know, we really just, we did hit, hit the gas in charging through uh, beat by beat by beat. There wasn't as much exploration, but there was a little more of that uh, sort of focused storytelling, um, which I, I think was interesting to do and, and fun to, to play around with. Yeah, and uh, Captain Hygiene in the chat says 104 episodes, I believe. That is correct. Exactly 104. Nailed it. Uh, so we got to, which all this sort of dovetails into a question here we might have just already answered, which says uh, Campaign 2 is pretty different in scope compared to the first one. It started out aiming for a two year run and seems to be landing close to that. Uh, as a DM working with an interactive campaign, how do you go about planning a story that fits within such a specific time frame? And were there any major changes along the way to help out to reach that? Honestly, Anthony, I'll take that one. Uh, <laughs> what you? I wanted to know if Anthony submitted that question on behalf of himself. I yeah, did that's not. a great question. I did so. not. It just played into exactly what I wanted to talk about, so it's fine. <laughs> Oof. Um, Oof. So yeah, campaign one, uh, we you know shot for five years and we hit it uh, right on point, which was very exciting for me. Campaign two, we had wanted to make sure it was a little bit more compressed. <laughs> A shorter Just time a frame bit. before we had a, a hard restart. Um, and so we shot for two years. And I, a couple of uh, months before the end, we ran into uh, a scheduling issue, which I, is where the Oracle arc came from. Um, so first of all, what happened? Well, I guess i got to make sure I get the timing of this right. Because really, the real issue came about when we lost a recording. So that was after Oracle had started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we <laughs> we lost a recording, uh, which was the end of the fight with the accuser and the beginning of the mm. and an entire encounter with uh, Wesley Tallow and Carapath. Uh, having a conversation, a sort of a, a checkup about what had occurred and what the next step was. Um, and I just had a power outage, lost the file, didn't, and had no recording. Um, and that made things very difficult. We also did not have a backup. We, had, we were really low on options. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we were trying to think about some ways that we could uh fix that and i was nervous about trying to cover that gap and still hit our time frame and uh mike at the time was like hey just don't just don't hit the time frame like who cares nobody nobody cares but i cared and then we still hit the time frame. <laughs> mike was right he was right yeah we, we didn't have mike to hit right. the time frame but, but we did. Uh, and I, I, I think the real... I'm going to say, I, I'm going to go out and say it. I would have felt cheated if we had not hit the time frame. Yeah. Thank you. What? I just would have felt like Anthony promised me something and didn't deliver it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I get so, it. I would have felt God, the same way. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> nobody understands holding yourself to unreasonable standards that literally no one else in the world cares about but other than me uh, i got you i will say the the way that i planned out a two-year campaign this 
time was different than the way that I planned it out for the first campaign. For the first campaign, I sort of just... <laughs> you didn't plan out a two-year campaign. I, well, no. It was very different. <laughs> but I, I looked at it and I said, I think this is a five-year story. And this, as we got closer, things kind of clicked into place in a really good way. With campaign two, I sat down and I said, I want to do eight episode arcs. I want to, I need to make sure we hit all of these checkpoints to tell the story, right? We got to kill these demons. We got to do X, Y, and Z. And I wrote out basically the base of what the arc would be for, you know, I said, if I have eight episode arcs and I have 104 episodes, how many arcs do I have? How many, how much time do I have? And that was sort of why I felt rushed at one point, but it all sort of clicked into place. Uh, quite well. And I do want to give another thank you to our guests who came to uh, help us recover from our lost episode debacle. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing I want to mention is that an option could have been just like replay that fight, right? Like just re-record the episode. But nobody wanted to do that because I did in that episode have the greatest moment of the entire campaign (laughs) and we just couldn't recreate it. We just it wouldn't have been kills me. We just wouldn't have been able to like recover that magic, and so we had to we had to say goodbye and it let it go. It was so good. Will you sing the song now? This uh, is not on the Q and A, uh, but the song itself was really good too. And um, that's the thing that I'm saddest about losing was Ellery's song uh, for the spell. And so I think if you sing it now, and then we let the <laughs> chat guess what the spell was for. Uh, so I did do it at one point on the show, but at another time. Um, but so we're fighting the accuser, who is a powerful, you know, magical demon lady, right? Like power. So I sang, your villainies beyond compare, a monster sent to cause a scare, but you will find you are no match for me your shape will shrink your bones will thin your power gone into the wind and now you're gonna just be a lady (laughs) important to know uh because it took me way too long to realize that we were introduced to this uh demon as the gray lady (laughs) and then she just made her just a lady and i was like that's a great song and then like Five minutes later in the recording, I'm just like, I forgot. I just got it. I just got it. <laughs> the best joke of the campaign. Pure gold. Woof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just made that. Uh, I just made her a lady. Just a regular old lady. So fucking good. It's like the best use of polymorph I've ever oh, heard. Funny. Like, hey, uh, I'm going to turn you into... A human. It's like the yeah. opposite move, right? And like to be fair, it did really nothing. Like it did work, <laughs> but like then she, you know, jumped off the roof to to slam her hit points, so she turned back into the great lady. Like it just, <laughs> it really didn't do anything. But I was so freaking proud of it in that moment. And when Anthony said the file was lost, I was like, "That's it. I quit." Well, you know what I, I find very because we did talk about re-recording, and I think it was so interesting because you guys had more of an issue re-recording the fight than you did the conversation. And mm-hmm. for me, the yeah. conversation was the much harder thing for me to step into a situation and, and role play a conversation we have already had and try and capture like that feeling of, you know, having an actual conversation and not just hitting the beats we already 
hit or in missing stuff like it, that felt way more awkward to me than the fight the fight would be different immediately just because like you're rolling dice like whatever happens happens but uh yeah yeah i felt uh i felt bad about doing the whole thing just any <laughs> any part of it i didn't want to do like a revisit of anything right. and so i was so happy with the solution that you were able to figure out again massive shout out to yeah. uh, quid pro roll and a swan named emily and and botched uh for lending us jenna uh like it just it is really special that we've got these friends who uh have been on this journey with us and we're able to hop in and like play along so thank you uh so here's a good question uh what are your thoughts about playing this season's character and how you all worked as a group compared to the many pennies the first time around? Oh, we worked way better. This group, this group liked each other. Uh, Whereas Asher was a dick and Genevera was upset about that. Um, I I really like the way you frame that as like, why, why would someone be mad at a dick? (laughs) I, I hope I, I want to be clear. She wasn't wrong, um, <laughs> but I feel like the uh, coming into campaign two, we wanted to make it feel different. And I know Anthony said like I want to I want to run the campaign different. And I think we all as ca- as a cast wanted to have the main characters feel different. And inherent in that is just a different group dynamic. And we also just. Like, campaign one, we were just sort of like, "Ah, does this work? Does this work? And then, like, campaign two, we were like, we know kind of who we as archetypally want to be. And I kind of know who archetypally they want to be. And I know how my archetype kind of fits with their archetype. So it was like a lot more, I felt like I felt coming in, like I knew more what I wanted to do with the other characters from the perspective of my own character. As opposed to Asher, who was just like, I don't know, this is, this is we're making a podcast. No one's gonna listen to this. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so. I, on the other hand, went into uh, campaign one with no D and D experience, but expecting several people to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> a small handful. Uh, no, I no, I big number. I was shooting for for big numbers, baby. Um, but I think it's funny because I I did take it from the very opposite uh, perspective that for me, my only background was was writing. And so I had created this character that like was a, a novel character. Like this is a, a YA fantasy character that I built. And <laughs> that obviously, you know, worked in some places and didn't in some places. And it was very like stereotypically first D&D character, right? Um, but I was making a character for consumption. And then in season two, I made a character that like I wanted to play because now I knew what the game was. And it's funny when Anthony says that like he wanted the effect, like he wanted this season to feel harsher or like the stakes were higher quicker. And all I wanted to do was build a character who had eternal optimism. So I think the way that everything kind of 
lined up to to make all of that work together was just really really interesting because we were still all coming to these characters from different places but we managed to kind of be more on the same page with what story we're telling yeah and i think we've mentioned it before we did some uh episode zeros uh where we were able to see how we played together and even though we've known each other for decades is that the right math a Mm -hmm. long time um and uh played a five-year campaign together we still hadn't played our new characters and that dynamic of planning uh both being like hey scarpin knew ellery first belroth knew deeran but let's also go on adventures and see how that plays out um that just set the tone um for episode one and that was invaluable to our uh, chemistry this season yeah yeah uh today in the many pennies channel in the discord uh one of our newer listeners is listening through the many penny story arc and asked a question very similar around like why did you build uh your characters the way that you did and for Gibetto, uh i had wanted <laughs> like I had wanted to be a sit to the side and like make jokes and like uh, basically be the charisma, be the be the negative, like uh, not the negative, but be the uh, making it worse for the party so that the story is better Mm. uh, character. And Anthony, like before that show started, was like, dude, look at our like party as the actual people who are playing the game, like. Mikey's never played before. Steph's never played before. Rob's like got a lot going on right now. Like there's a there's a good chance you're going to have to face this party. And so like it was too late cuz I was stubborn and dumb. Uh and so <laughs> I was really excited for season for campaign 2 to come out because I knew with 5 years of work that like Mikey or Steph or Rob being in a different place than he was then, like anyone could have been the face of the party. Uh, and we would have seen kind of like what that would look like when we roll out these new characters. And so Deeran being able to like actually sit back and listen a lot and ask questions that aren't uh, necessarily driving the story forward all the time felt like a real win for what I had wanted to do in campaign one. I feel like in campaign two, we had like the party face in terms of like, oh, Ellery has the most charisma, right? Like, but I feel like there was a lot more um, give and take of like, this character is driving this part of this story. Now this character is driving this part of the story. Whereas I feel like in campaign one, um, (laughs) Jupeta was just the face. Uh, And it just like was sort of like, it, character interaction is happening. Gebetto and Genevera are going to like do that. And then like, not to say that the rest of the characters didn't have great character moments and drove the story in their own unique ways, but drove the story consistently um, or driving the story was less consistent. This campaign and was much more like throwing it around. Like everyone had their moment to shine and everyone, sometimes it wasn't their moment to shine and they still took the reins. I, and yeah. I think that came I think if you look at the second half of the first campaign versus the first half of the first campaign, you will see that that through line 
manifest, mm-hmm. right? And that, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the second campaign, you each sort of had spots where you had the spotlight um, and, you know, everyone else sort of pushed it forward behind you and then it would swap around. And that was pretty intentional, right? Like I knew, like Mikey came to me with dream stuff and I was like, oh yeah, all right, great. I already have like uh, something I want to do with that. And so I can really incorporate that into this. Um, you know, like when everybody pitched me their original characters, I have a chart that I made with some stuff that they haven't even seen yet that I like wanted to make sure I was covering all of our angles and covering all of our bases for various plots so that everyone would get an opportunity show the to chart. see some stuff. Show the chart. No. Show <laughs> the chart. Uh, also, Anthony, Patho, I pitched baby. my character. I, pa- I pitched my character and I pitched a, like a side character of my character and you said a hard no. Right. Because I said, yeah. I want my dad to be researching demons and you're like, you shut the fuck up. Demons don't exist. Demons. <laughs> like, Correct. You're an Demons idiot. Is, what a you're stupid an idiot idea. for that idea. And yeah. uh, I was like, here's the world I've clearly established, and in it, it's like demons don't exist. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was funny. I was just like, all right. Like you got very intense about it, and I was like, yeah. it's not. It's just a side character. Like I, you, I came. It was in just with more an backstory. idea, man. All right. It's like no. Searching shadow. Hard we no. Did this. <laughs> and then you found out why because uh, <laughs> if you were like it was oh like, some demons showed up shit let's just go ask my dad uh campaign over <laughs> like that would have been great we would have had a character to tell us what to do instead of fucking wesley being like i don't know yeah that would have been so much more interesting um all right yes! so <laughs> this question it would have uh, gotten the lore dump like problem <laughs> solved. Dumped so Would've much lore. It. Yeah. Would have loved it. Uh, I dumped the most lore. Someone asked Campaign me. Campaign three. Let's go. Someone asked me when you <laughs> gave the party a free instant long rest at the start of the campaign. Was that intended for after they walked the path of bones? And also when they used it early, were you like, LMAO sucks to suck? Uh, <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> A, uh, I did not really have like, uh, at that point, I did not have nailed down the mechanical nature of what would happen on the Path of Bones. Uh, It was just, here's what I had. A box that said um, the pit. Bones. It just said the pit. (laughs) (laughs) So like we got there and we figured out what was happening. But uh, I love rewards like that. Um, Like, uh, like in campaign one, you got the leaf that you just got to ask a question, right? Um, and and it's very open-ended. It is a one-time use. You have to decide like when strategically to use a thing like that. A one free refresh, like full reset like that is similar in like, if the moment is dire and you need it, great. It, and, and I think someone asked me like, is this when we should use this? And I was like, I don't know, dude, like you decide it's yours. Uh, like if you want to use it now, great. If not, you'll have it for later. It's also going to suck later. It doesn't matter when, <laughs> when it comes. <laughs> Guess what? It's not getting easy. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, and the answer is LMFAO sucks to suck. Uh, just straight up. Yeah, that was a good guess. So, uh, it, honestly, if they still had it when they went into the pit, I would have been pretty sad. I, like, I... <laughs> 
the long rest, uh, the inability to rest in the pit, I think was one of the things that made it feel like, you know, cool and unique. So scary. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the le- extra levels of exhaustion were a great nerf to the players to make, you know, they, they've killed all these demons once, but now they're here and more powerful. And also you're less powerful. Like, so now you have no choice but to engage in the terms that they were willing to engage in, which it turns out was just politics. Uh- but you know what's <laughs> incredible to me, though, is that like, and this is where coming at it from like Anthony being a, a writer as well, but like my brain thinking in that that way is that like you dropped the nugget uh, when we were on the island with the birds and the, the the twins or whatever, and that's when my losing three levels of exhaustion for this spark of creation came out, and it felt so uh, natural in the course of the story, and also. It, irrelevant to anything else then we're on the path of bones and i only have this number left and like that kind of and i know that so much of it is not like you didn't write that but just the way that somehow you can see these nuggets of story and then bring them back even in like uh i don't know i just think that's so cool without having it planned out so fully still making it such a an impactful um, uh, moment earlier on. Well, yeah, thank you. And I did really, I really loved how it came together with like Ellery making a choice and like deciding that even though she knew that if no one could intervene, she was dead. Like she still needed to do that thing in that moment. Um, and I thought it was a, a you know, a, a great scene that came out of that. And, uh, yeah, I really, I'm very happy with how, you know, I know that uh, a post big climactic battle math session is not always like what people expect. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I was very Let's happy with how that, math. yeah, <laughs> I was happy with how the, the path of bones worked out in general. Also, I thought it was a, a, a good mechanic and gave you guys interesting choices uh to yeah. make which uh, we can talk about that too because there was a question here um where let me see where it went uh we got so many today that it's hard to find them oh uh, so i'll just ask it the the piece of it that i think was important there was a question about whether or not um we did a lot of like talking about the path of bones and I tried to include in the episode as much of that discussion as I can, but there was a little bit of that discussion that I cut out. Do you, do you want to talk about that, Mike? Because you were the one who asked the question. I don't remember the question. Okay, well, the I'm question? happy to the talk question, about it then. <laughs> the question itself from the listener says, there were a lot of good moment, uh, good character moments in the finale, especially around ah. the idea of one character sacrificing themselves. Were ideas about what to do in that type of scenario something that came up outside the game, or was this something that played out at the table? So I would say, and the the answer is a little bit of both. So 
the the planning that happened during the Path of Bones, uh, as this was going on, there was one segment that I cut where Mike said, like, finally, at the very end of this long conversation you guys had about planning, about doing math, about trying to figure out, like, what you're going to do, you said, okay, hold on. Does anyone want to, like, is anyone okay dying here? <laughs> And is anyone not okay dying? Because does anyone else just want to die? They wake up in the morning and don't want to go on anymore. Just your me. Question. Your just question. Me? <laughs> That's all the drugs talking. <laughs> like the chronic depressants. Oh God. Uh, I mean, ultimately, your question was <laughs> for: uh, Is anyone going to have an out-of-game, unfun experience to sacrifice themselves to this? If uh, you know, if this is the path that we're on and, uh, and I, and that in that conversation, uh, Rob had said, you know, honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot and I, I'll be sad, but I won't be like, but, but I think it might be part the right thing for the character. And like, as soon as Rob said that, Mike was like, okay, shut up. No more. We're doing it in game. Yeah. Uh, he didn't let me really. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause like the process, if there's, no. if there's a, like if there's an opportunity to get the emotion in the episode, instead of having right. it be in a like side conversation that we might cut, like that's the, Oh, right. you know? it, was, it was crazy. Cause like I had been thinking about it. I think I truly, and I, I think I said it, in character that like I was pretty sure the, pa the our little fucking lawyer packed bullshit was gonna end up with me dead anyways, and so like I had already made peace that like Belroth is he's gone, um, and then it didn't happen, and I was like, oh that's weird. Uh, oh man, I did a lot of emotional processing for that. That's like <laughs> so strange, and uh, it, it still felt like he had. Of all of the characters we had gone through, he was the one who had changed, I feel like, the most over from like year one to year two and had also closed all of his loops. Mm. Um, he had everything that he wanted. He did everything that he wanted, not necessarily in the way he wanted. Um, and he had also fundamentally transformed and was like already kind of weirdly corrupted and was making lots of risky, bold moves anyways. Um, and it felt just very much like it would feel, it felt like he was going to die and it felt like he was ready to die. And that's a weird thing to, it, it's, it's weirder to come to that bridge and be like, yes, as opposed to have the rug pulled out from underneath you. Um, mm. But yes, Mike was like, "Does anyone is anyone cool with this?" And I was like, "I guess." Uh, and I think I like labored over it for like a bit. I was like, gonna I, say you were I a little more confident. It. You were a little more confident in the conversation than oh, I guess because if it were, I guess I wouldn't have like pushed us. You were like. <laughs> 
I was thinking were, about it, yeah. but like, ah, oh, I like. I was gonna say, I don't know if it just like you put out that you were cooler with it than you were, uh, but definitely in the reading of it. Uh, I think it's I, honestly, I think it was somewhere in between the two. Uh, maybe we'll cut the clip out sometime and post it. But it, I Ooh, mean, it was, that would be awesome. Yeah, because I was like really like yeah, like it felt correct, and then you say yes, and you're like actually I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what I remember. That's how I remember it. Is that Rob said I think I'd be okay with it, and then for ten minutes wasn't sure if that was the right. Because yeah. that that's yes, how I will I... sacrifice myself. Okay, here's the gun. Uh, oh, oh, maybe. Fuck. Uh, I don't know if I want to play Russian roulette anymore. Um, so tangentially it's... related to that. Uh, what was the what was the what biggest was your favorite regret? moment when Belroth died? No, what what was the biggest regret you have with the character and how it unfolded over the course of the campaign? For each of each of you, not just this isn't just directed at Rob, specifically Rob. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. I'll go. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that I wish I'd done differently, I can't think of anything I regret in my actual actions, but I wish I'd have done in addition, um, <laughs> is uh, kind of made the, or, or tried to push the Tessa to have more of a home base. I really wanted I, I, to kind of bring back the feeling of having Adventure Inc. be a home base again, or... Um, Oh my goodness! One of the, who was the master that died? Master El El Elgrave El. El uh, uh, yeah, I know. Elder Willowheart. Elder Riggs. Elder, Elder, Elder Riggs. Riggs. Elder Riggs. Yeah, like that felt like it was going to be the new base for Tessa or something like that. And I think that kind of uh, that would have been a fun reprieve where we did a lot of role playing and mm -hmm. it was kind of our home base to get advice, talk to NPCs, and then kind of go back out into the world. Um, so I wish I had kind of pushed more for that i'll tell you i intentionally cut that away from you uh, i was yeah. gonna say it felt like anthony wouldn't give us that like yeah because yeah, we, we were tried. all on the same yeah. page yeah uh yeah i don't know that we, we never addressed it though we never talked about it yeah yeah. Right. yeah yeah i my, initially i thought that uh redbridge the town was going to serve that purpose to a degree and then i realized that it was too small too fast um, and I also, and then I felt like there was a lot of value in sort of keeping, uh, Tessa, uh, like decoupled Mobile. from that power structure <laughs> that they, if they didn't have that support and they were really stuck on their own, they were in a situation where they had to do, it was different than the many pennies who were like, everyone looked to them to do the thing and instead mm. nobody looked to Tessa to do the thing but if they didn't do the thing <laughs> no one was going to yeah. um and and that was the feeling I was really hoping to to get across through that yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool uh but I agree with Mike say sure I wanted <laughs> I wanted a like a dorm room vibe. When, also. Uh, so <laughs> there was a Mike and I used to play a LARP uh, that uh, for a little while they they took away the tavern that there's they, usually a LARP has a tavern a central place everyone can hang out and they took away a tavern the tavern for similar reasons they wanted to like make a cooler like harsher experience and <laughs> I was unrelenting 
in complaining about this to every NPC who would listen. So I get it. I get the feeling. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I was like, man, if uh, only there was a place we could all yep. get together and uh, coordinate and talk about something. It's, oh, yep. if such a place existed. <laughs> so that kind of ties in with my like regret at the very beginning, the first. And I don't know if they were just session zeros or maybe it made it into the first episode as well. But like I had wanted to be really committed to complimenting something physically about every single person we met. So that I could oh, yeah. a force Anthony into uh, actually describing what <laughs> characters look like. I love your and... orcish features. <laughs> exactly. I love how much you are an orc. Um, <laughs> but like, called her a human many times. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted so that's why it's a regret on me because yep. I'm not putting this on you. Uh, I wanted to be more consistent in calling that out so that part of it was me paying attention more right like um and this is something i do when i'm reading too i'll just skip descriptions i don't care it's got a picture in my mind uh it doesn't matter what the book says um it's just that's a habit of mine so i wanted to work on that and call it out uh in game but i didn't like ever so (laughs) here we are that's a regret fair enough that's uh that's a that's what regret is (laughs) yeah uh my regret is pretty straightforward I regret having a poster of Archimedes Silverblade <laughs> in my childhood bedroom. I regret my Tower of Rye race car bed, which I've said several times. Uh, yeah, I just regret a lot of uh, idolizing this guy. No, um, honestly, though, like, I think, uh, I think Deeran is the most fun character I've played. Um, I just think choosing to fail perception checks all the time is fucking hilarious. You choose? <laughs> yeah. Like, I would routinely fudge my numbers down to, like, but would, not But he would say it out loud. He would say, no, I just up. don't pass. I won't pass. Or I would, yeah. I would yeah. just say straight up, I do not perceive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then also, like figuring out the way to justify his insanely high insight scores or like investigation scores were also really fun like traits for me. Uh, And so like, I think, I think the thing I regret the most about Deeran is not getting as clear about his feelings for Ellery in the finale. Um, like, I think it was pretty obvious how he feels, but that hand-holding bit was pretty A+. (laughs) Right, right. And that's what I mean is like, it totally worked out to be an incredible moment. And, uh, it would have been a different type of incredible moment, I think, had I been more, uh, clear about it. Sure, sure. So funny. Uh... I guess Ugh. now it's on me. Um, my, I guess, I don't know. I, I feel like Belroth did everything I set out for him to do. Um, I guess I regret I spent so much time on his backstory. <laughs> I like wrote like whole family trees, man. Like there were characters 
that just never came into being. Uh, and like, I don't know. I really don't, I don't think I have truly any regrets. I think there are certain ways I could have characterized him better. Um, I don't regret not having a clear, strong character voice, even though Anthony is like a bitch about it. Um, but I think um, I have no regrets. I don't know. That's why it felt like it was correct for his him to be the one who sat. Like it felt like he did everything I wanted it to. Maybe that's my regret. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it was too narrow in scope. Maybe I need to like give him more to do. Um, but it, I don't know. No regrets. Whatever, no uh, this this one's for Mike Z. Oh, go ahead, Mike. What's up? Yeah, no, uh, Belroth, that, um, just going back to the, the uh, death scene, I mean, that, I just thought of this, but it, I thought it worth mentioning. Uh, when we had that conversation, uh, pre, at, like, out of game conversation, and you were like, yep, it's going to be me, however sure you were of it, um, I, during the recording, miscounted the number of sure uh, exhaustions that we needed and i was like oh nobody needs to die we're just gonna we're just gonna Dude, cruise through this it, it, and you and made then me miscount when you were like, and i was like <laughs> i made you question it because and then you were like i just and then went through like, no. this for the second time but bro, like, <laughs> how many times so i, I genuinely felt i was like we're gonna lose belroth oh my goodness and everyone's like yeah we knew this <laughs> <laughs> So the my the, the emotion it, it was uh some real so dumb. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh I got a question here for Mike C. Uh it's whatever happened to Scarpin's kid from that one tavern night? Cool. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, uh important thing to know about uh turtles is they're similar to sea turtles. Dead beats. Uh where they're they're not really attached to their young. Until they've proven themselves strong enough to survive oh, a bit on their own. Turtles are just dead beats. <laughs> and then, uh, they're quite a loving uh, uh, species, and uh, yeah, they love their they they love their offspring at that point. So uh, he'll point. Wan- he'll wander back he'll wander back if he can. <laughs> okay. Uh. Great answer. Wow. Steph, great answer. Great question. Great, great answer. question. Great answer. Uh, Steph, what was your favorite spell song? <laughs> oh, um, you know what? I do really like, I do really like Polymorph. Um, <laughs> just because there's nothing like Dolly. <laughs> like, a lot of them were easy, and a lot of them were like, I had to like really work to find something. Um, but yeah, I, there were a few that, I wish I had gotten to use more, um, but I think out of what I have, um, polymorph. I was really excited. What yeah. was the one that Laugh you on. all you did it a lot and you had to think of a rhyme? Show me a brick, like that oh, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one always made me laugh because you would get there and you'd be like, "Fuck, I yeah. knew I needed to do this, and, I didn't, and that was the end of the song." <laughs> well. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's um the song of creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny every time. Yeah, it was so and it's sweet funny because like so genuine, and then you get to the end and you'd be like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the ones that like was so easy because it literally. I don't even think I changed like one lyric, uh, but it's a song called "Spark of Creation" from Children of Eden, and it just is that. It's just <laughs> the spark of creation. It just like is so simple. And when I was like, oh, I need a song of creation. Done. Easy. 
but then I always forgot I had to <laughs> tidy up the request. My favorite of yours was always heat metal. Mine too. That's because, well, <laughs> I was going to say it's because Mike loves Hadestown, but yeah. Anthony, I don't know your excuse. I just liked it. I mean, I don't know where, I didn't yeah. know where most of them were from, uh, but I just enjoyed that song. I thought, it's, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I liked uh, the one time Anthony sung. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got another oh Mike's question uh, here, though. Wait, Hold Mike, on. I want to hear Mike's favorite. I want to shout out the, yeah. um, uh, what, the, the best friend song. We were in the cave. And oh, there my was God. The ghost. Like, and it wasn't even a spell, <laughs> oh, but it yeah. was so good. It was so good. We were trying to. Um, God, I had for, I literally forgot about that entire arc. <laughs> that was that was great. Something, something. And You're just uh, looking for two more friends. Yes. Maybe you'd have three more friends. <laughs> I, and then I thought everyone be, paused, <laughs> waiting to hear what the spell description was. Right. <laughs> Nope. I was like, charm person? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's charmed. You're, you're so good at the, these stuff. It's it's just so mind-blowing. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Um, I have I have another Mikesy thing here. This one isn't a question, but Mikesy has all the best character voices, especially on Tavern Nights. I mean, on, on, on uh, Patron episodes. And then, uh, <laughs> would Scarpin That's make true. that secret investment again? Uh, with uh, hindsight on how everyone reacted. That's a yeah. So, That's a yes. Right that now. is a yes. <laughs> That's the strongest yes I've ever heard. It felt so right in the moment. But, you know, you, what's so funny with me, I have the least uh, amount of acting or improv experience on this amazing cast. And it... It's hard for me, I think, sometimes to separate when I feel bad about a character decision and, like, to separate the, the mic from the scarpin. So, like, <laughs> a part of me was, like, I really wish I did not do this in the moment because I hated the interactions of disappointing <laughs> my, my castmates. And it was just, like, you, you just get so sweaty. You just get it's just so... I don't know. It was it was it was a hard time to go through, but I think from a from a character like looking back and it just being like this ridiculous impulsive thing that uh, Scarpin continually did. Oh my god! Um, Welcome. I don't regret it from a story standpoint. Oh my god! That was me. That was Asher. That was every time I did something and I was like, I've made everyone mad in real life. <laughs> So everyone actually hates me and I'm just going to quit. So it's so hard to separate that, right? Or it is for me. Um, It's so, yes, yes, I've gotten better. It's just hard. No, it's just hard. It's regular. And that's, I think that's why a lot of those conversations after recording of like, no, Mikey, like what a fucking genius choice. Oh my God. It was so good. Right. Like the number of times. The debrief. Yeah, the number of times we would go over that after recording ended to be like, no, dog, like, mm-hmm. let's go. Uh, like, it, it, <laughs> because are fucking insane if, for being able to like switch that on and off and like realize what's real Mike, and what's not. Mike, and it's just like, it, it's so, it's so weird. Mike, so can I be, can I be real for one second? Can I be real for one second? When you walk through, I the, don't know. When, when you walk through the portal, I was actually mad. That was genuine <laughs> anger. Oh, de- demon Isles? Yeah, when you were just like, fuck demon this. Isles. And you know, I was just like, 
what are you doing? Like, I, I was t- mad I at everyone at that moment, and then I stopped being <laughs> mad at them. Yeah, you took the travel stone and had no spell stone. I, was like, I had no spell fuck? stone. I had invested it all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was actual annoyed with that move too. Uh, like Mike, the player, was like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, let him die." Like, well, well, show him. Oh my goodness! If he dies, he dies. Okay. Yeah. I will say, I wasn't actual mad at you. At Me that. either. I thought it I was loved it. hilarious <laughs> because. Like, for me, part of my, like, goal for this this campaign was being more flexible and creative. It's the reason that I made LeBron in the patron episodes campaign one. Um, and, like, I just wanted to, like, everything was going to have a solution. And I had a lot of, I feel like I had a lot of trust in Anthony that, like, uh, there is no wrong answer. This is all, like, internal work that I've been doing since campaign one. So I think it's really shown. Um, there's no right answer. It is a game and we will find a solution. And I thought it was so funny because normally (laughs) I would be the one that was like, (laughs) like upset, (laughs) upset about it. But I was just like, Ooh, I I did have a moment where I was like, Oh, okay. How do we write out of this? That doesn't feel cheap, but also, (laughs) uh, that was my struggle (laughs) right that was my struggle was like mike c has to like find spellstone to come back i don't understand how this is gonna work remember how we resolved it i resolved it so that's what's so funny because listening to you guys now i'm like now i see why i was the only one with an idea because i wasn't sure uh, i hadn't left the game yeah in my head. Yeah. And so this is like a really funny uh, kind of rehashing wow. of that because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, you were still in, like, you were still, still in, in the, like, yes and of it. And me and Rob were like, no! Yeah. And I was no. like, I, then you, I was like, okay, we can, we can solve this. And then you were like, how about I do this? I was like, sold. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's never said yes so fast in his life. <laughs> Thank oh you for goodness. solving it for me. Oh my goodness. Uh, no, this is I just think, a really funny perspective. <laughs> yeah, we did. Like we took a break yeah. immediately because it was like, uh, we need a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is, oh, I know. <laughs> I just did it. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm certain you can hear, like, because you made, you, you did the thing, and then I am certain you can hear how wide I'm smiling in the recording <sighs> when I already had pieced together that you didn't have any spellstone and you had the travel yeah. stone and no oh, way were, to get you back. You were ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, you were way ahead of me. Like, what he this, said. Think, yeah. Oh my goodness. The 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 doing something rather than talking thing I think is a sometimes a fun decision. I don't know how true always it necessarily Yeah, exactly. And I think it for me I do struggle with is it is this a good character decision? Is this a, a Scarpin decision or is this a Mike uh uh Mike decision? And I think uh, Rob can uh, maybe empathize with that with uh, uh <laughs> The Baron Sildakar uh, situation. Yeah, it, that's the that's the the knife's edge, right? Where um, I think home games and recording a show are very different. Mm. Um, and mm. you try you make choices not necessarily on impulse, but to get the thing going. 
Um, and then you have to blur the line between what's a good decision, what's a character decision, and what's an impulsive decision, as opposed to what I think the the thing that Campaign 2 did better than Campaign 1 is we talked a lot in Campaign 1 about doing the thing, and in Campaign 2, we never had the time to talk about doing the thing. Oh, my goodness. So we just <laughs> no. did the thing. Um, and yeah. I think the flip side of that was Belroff had a Rob moment. Um <laughs> And yeah, I thought for sure that was going to be your biggest regret. Uh, like. uh, nah. Uh, not at all. Because uh, it could have been something cool. It really could have been something. Fuck. I was like, Matt, I was like, fuck, why did I do that? And then, like, I think it was Steph who said, like, dude, you're going to have so many cool things campaign too because we're going to have these, like, weird Baron Sildacar adventures. Never mind. Um, but, it, like, it, it was a, it was Again, a choice. Steph kept it together. Steph yeah. kept it together. So. I started going to therapy during campaign two. It's <laughs> <laughs> helpful. Uh, I, I don't know who I don't know who wrote this question, but it <laughs> says um, it's been fun to keep track of all the character collapses and even deaths. Uh, how did you feel about the uh, difficulty of this campaign compared to the first one as a player or as a DM? And I do want to I want to shout out it. Captain Hygiene. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for oh my God, yes. keeping the death tally in the Discord. Has been uh, just so much fun to watch unfold over the course of the campaign and to win i got the high score i just want to <laughs> i got the high score did you yeah oh, well I, I miss freya got that i misread it then well freya no, got the low oh, score oh no no low yeah you guys were in the low yeah. score but yeah. you died so i don't think you qualify i mean i, I feel <laughs> like i got a record yeah you got a dnf from you got a did not finish <laughs> No, but I got... No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mikey I did, made I it all the way to the end. I did something no one else did. That's true. So I succeeded. Yes. I succeeded you know, where yes, no one else succeeded. You can use that in like a sports analogy and still not win. I did something no one else has done. I picked that basketball up and, and I, I threw it, put it through the in end zone. Butt. I don't know yeah. why I was in there. What? <laughs> Uh, so did it. the question was, <laughs> did it. no one else did that. How did yeah, you... Scarpin, I think Scarpin won because Scarpin's Scarpin character game. was supposed to take all the hits <laughs> and boy, did he ever, and he tried not to many times too. And yeah. still, and refused to heal myself or anyone else. Uh, <laughs> so noble, so noble. Yeah. So, just wanted to win Any, anything for the W. <laughs> question um captain hygiene so did you count the dead but revivified in the deaths yeah oh, you know, great question you don't have to answer question. that this is your time to give us cues and we to give you a's this hey, was he not can meant if he wants hey yeah, this was not meant to, to be feeding them cues and get a's from them they don't have to he can if he wants it's important because if it if he's he didn't hungry. count it in then ellery and scarpin are tied <laughs> What's the tiebreaker? <laughs> I, I got revivified, so I guess that's magical intervention that you didn't get, so you still win, but it's important to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, then, then we can tie. <laughs> uh, how did you feel about the difficulty of this campaign compared to oh, the first one? So loved stressful. it. I loved it, man. I thought I liked how much more tension there was in that, like, Combat felt much more, like, impactful and less like, all right, here's the thing we got to do. And, like, not that ever that was really the case in Campaign 1, but, like, we could be... We had to make it more entertaining in a lot of ways, and we were figuring out what that meant. But in this one, we really didn't because it was just sort of, like... 
how do we make sure we don't die <laughs> is like there was just more tension in it and it was more it was more satisfying to listen to the combat this campaign and it was more satisfying it was more terrifying to play but i also as personally like that as a fan of uh, the Dark Souls series, but I I just think it's mm-hmm. I think it's also more fun and it makes us less like superheroes and more like characters. Um, so I liked it. I uh, liked knowing that Gebetto wasn't really going to die unless I made the choice to let him die. Uh, I did not like the negative tension uh, that Deeran could accidentally die or die from a monster who was more strong than he was. Uh, I will I will cop to my favorite moment being when Deeran convinced the party to run away um, in that fight. Oof. But, uh, oh my God, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting sweaty all over again thinking about it uh, because I just don't like that feeling. That Beholder fight was hard. That was a tough one. <laughs> we I trusted that more. Anthony was going to do what was best for the story. And so I, oh you know, I loved it. Oh my you would have been Stop. so less, fucking less upset, therapy. dude. Shut less up. Therapy. Less therapy. <laughs> less therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the stakes, I think it was a really cool way to show that the stakes were higher without having to build um, for like two years to get there. I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was the right move, even though it was very stressful as, especially as someone who was not a canon. And my only experience had been a canon, whether it was Genevera or LeBron, damage I, was my game. So it was just a very different uh, way to approach combat. I liked being the gun this season. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I miss being a monk i think uh <laughs> and i think i don't know how to play a cleric i don't know if you anyone could tell what? Uh, i in I your defense in your defense could you i think tell? you've done every move correctly and then guiding bolt misses every time so i think <laughs> i think he's done yeah. every move according to the cleric uh correctly According to the rest of the party, maybe not. I think but. I think it's pretty hard to justify that level five guiding bowl almost <laughs> period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I love it. And also like uh, the the whole meme about being a cleric, right, is why would I heal you? You have two death saving throws left. <laughs> Like that's like that's the whole bit. Oh, he got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hope so. I I heard that some people have started doing death saving throws in private with the DM. That would have changed fucking everything. Mm. Um, so I like Anthony, that idea. A take lot. live that together, one. die alone. Yeah. No, I hate that idea. Uh, okay, I've got one a question here that says, uh, I mean, for my part, I should say, I enjoyed it, um, but it was intentional to uh, for a couple of reasons. One, people weren't new at the game anymore. And so it was a good point to restart the expectation uh, points, right? Like, it would have been very um, difficult to ramp up the difficulty that hard. We ramped up some in the first campaign toward the end, but it would have been awkward to ramp it that hard uh in the first campaign uh just because expectations were already set 
And the new campaign was a good opportunity to make it feel distinct, make it feel different off like immediately um, and to make it feel dangerous, to make the demons feel like a threat. Uh, that was when we had a much shorter time frame to establish the threat. We got to establish Gorm as a threat a long time. I mean, the first the first arc of the first campaign, uh, you know, hints at Gorm. And then, like, we have five years to build him to be a credible threat to fight. And uh, we didn't have that that runway so i wanted to make sure that things uh hit hard uh and i and i think it worked out pretty well did the demons invasion affect the war between the triton and the kingdom uh yes next question uh that's a that's a real oh my god that's a real laffo we're holding on to there wow <laughs> <laughs> the Triton War Still. the Triton War happened in the background the whole time. It was always meant to happen in the background. Mike at one point said to me, Sorry we're not engaging with your stupid fish war. And I said, <laughs> You're not really supposed to. Like, it's meant to be there. It it is it is part of the world and it does exist. And that's all I'm gonna say about that right now. Uh <laughs> I had no interest in a stupid fish war for the record. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh how do you, we kind of address some of this, but I want to just encapsulate it now as we draw closer to the end. Uh, how do you feel your character concept worked out for the campaign? And would you go back and change anything about the core concept if you could? Oh, that's such a good question. No. <laughs> I mean, Which part? <laughs> I'll never tell. How do you feel it worked out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no changes i'm i'm happy with belroth um i think i wanted to campaign one was i wanted to play a character in a standard D game that was different and then uh that turns out is just different for a podcast and this one was i want to play a character that's harder for me to play and uh, um i think there are things that belroth did that were very much belroth and things that belroth did that were very much me um and I think, I don't know, man, who I, I played Indiana Jones crossed with Frasier. Like, what else could I change, man? Like, what the fuck else do you want from me? Um, I think it was pretty good. You did it. Did it we well. Never got, we never got tossed salad and scrambled eggs, um, but we got uh, Belroth. That was great. No one else got. No one got that joke. That's fine. Keep going. I, no. uh, yeah. Was it a Frasier? Everyone got it. It's a, the Frasier theme song. Oh, okay. It just <laughs> oh. wasn't funny. Got it. <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, oh, there you I, go. I got there it. There you go. I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a Belleroth moment. <laughs> Anthony, what about you? Uh, what? character concept do you think worked best who was your least favorite character of all four of us no 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 no. Uh, of the like npcs that you played what character concept do you think out do you think worked out best and which like would you change if you had the chance i think the king of thieves worked out the best uh he was distinct he was uh, I love that voice, man. recognizable and uh and I think he got to have some interesting conversations and some interesting directions. And there's still a lot of mystery left to him uh, mm. that I think is exciting. 
uh, and fun to play. I also, I think the character that maybe was the least successful uh, might have been Carapath. I think he needed something else. And uh, we didn't get there with him. Um, and I'm, you know, that's fine. Uh, but I, part of part of that, I mean, that was as he evolved, right? And as, as the elders evolved, part of that was stripping away the support system and leaving you only with the one who, uh, you know, you did not have the strongest relationship with. Um, and, uh, and so that was, that was also intentional, but it also meant that I, I was missing, like missing value in that. Is that why you killed Willow Hart? Because we <laughs> liked him? <laughs> Willow Hart. Which one are they empathizing with? Uh, no, yep. no. Willow Dead. Hart. Uh, wow. Was, that was a death of bravery and valor. Uh, that doesn't answer my question. <laughs> you said we were going to get A's to Q's. <laughs> Yeah, did not, you kill you Willow get, Hart? You don't get the answers the viewers do. I because... like I didn't kill Willow Hart. Vampires killed Willow Hart. <laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, I didn't do it. I'm just telling you no. what just happened yes or no. in the world. It's true. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, Anthony. Next question, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> oh yes or no? Um, no, I think Willow Hart didn't have i think willow hart had served his purpose to what i wanted him to do and so that's why it was the right time made to kill an him. emotional connection to the party yeah and then there was value in that right now i will say i thought the moment was a lot better when we recorded it and lost it uh like i got yeah. a lot more juice out of that in the thing yeah, that doesn't fair. exist uh yeah. but because willow hart's death was supposed to be an emphatic like a consequence to wesley fucking around right got it um so in the the conversation that was had that was lost uh you know uh carapath was admonishing wesley for basically being wesley like wesley uh doing what wesley does which is taking matters into his own hands ignoring support and help using people to his own ends to make sure that the thing that he thinks is needs to be done and, and is right was getting done and was, and was being handled. And in doing so, he was ignoring the responsibilities and the duties that other people thought he should have. And Willow Hart died because of that. Um, and that ultimately it was Wesley's fault insofar as, Carapath blamed Wesley, but it, I mean, it was Wesley's fault. The vampires killed Willow Hart. Not really, but Carapath blamed him for it anyway. Um, and, and that was what the biggest purpose of that was. That was unfortunately lost. Yeah. Um, and so instead it just sort of became a footnote of, uh, yeah, you guys liked him too hard and he was so hot. <laughs> um, no, so I will say that, uh, didn't I think, I think Carapath's Carapath comes around to, to us during that scene that, that got lost as well. And I think a lot of that is because of our shared appreciation of Willow Hart, right? Like there's, uh, you were my friend's friend and now that friend is gone. And so I want to honor the bond that they had with you. And your increasing frustration with Wesley. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, was, it was a combination of you're my friend's friend and my enemy's enemy. Uh, <laughs> And I, I really am, you know, to to dispel any, I know there's some ambiguity at the end of the campaign, but uh, I, I honestly tried to play Wesley 
as making the decision that he thought was best to solve what he sees as the only problem. Um, and the only problem is the fading and like the, like bringing your group in to clean up the mess that he made, uh, in trying to solve this one thing, uh, it, it was still all in service of trying to find an answer on fixing the fading. Um, and every, every, uh, everything is a tool. Everything is, uh, an opportunity for him to work toward that goal. Uh, I, I think for me, Deeran's character concept worked out great. I really uh, wanted to play someone who was opposite to Gibetto in a lot of different ways. I wanted to play a character without a without a close relationship with their parents, uh, so that Anthony wouldn't kill them and wouldn't said use them as bad guys. Uh, I wanted to play a character who like didn't always uh, need to be like the center of attention. Um, and I wanted to play a character who like asked questions instead of taking action. And I feel like for the most part, I was able to make deer in those things. Um, to, to Rob's point earlier about how in campaign one, we would sit around and talk about what we were doing forever. That's Deeran's ideal. Uh, he says a lot of times that he wants to do action instead of learning or discussing or researching. He doesn't. He just wants to talk about doing action. <laughs> like he's a poser. <laughs> and it was so fun to be in this group and people like to take that part of him seriously and then like be actioning based on his like expression that like, yeah, I want to do action. Uh, and then everyone's like, all right, sweet, us too. And Deeran, like, actually having to taste what that medicine tastes like <laughs> was so fun to me. So It's so interesting because, like, Belroth and, and Deeran kind of started from the same position of, like, I just want to talk about the thing forever. And I think they, like, just would... <laughs> well, because Deeran would never say that. Deeran always said... Why talk when we could do? And and Belroth was the opposite. Belroth was like, let's right. think this out. And then slowly realized he was like, actually, I just like doing things. Yeah. Like he was the complete opposite in a lot of ways. I need so to point think- out before you go, Steph, I need to point out. I haven't, ki- I didn't kill any parents this campaign. Okay. Like that. I don't, this is, this is an unfair characterization no parents died you, in the making I of don't this know campaign. where most of my extent Belroth's extended family is. <laughs> they I were just, at your funeral, dog. Didn't you listen? No, yeah, they were I at said your you didn't name every single one of them. Anthony didn't say I I have a family tree he never referenced, okay? <laughs> they could be dead. He never mentioned my dad who was not worshiping or researching <laughs> not demons. Not research specifically, not researching demons. Never brought up. <laughs> yeah, if he was researching demons, he would have come up. It's fine. Uh, yeah. come up dead. Um, come up dead. So I like that was kind of the one thing that I had wished I had done differently with Ellery is that I wish I had made her a little bit more impulse action forward because I think it would have fit really nicely with her personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just wants to do everything. And I think it in our group dynamic would have been a nice balance to scarpen. 
um, who also was more inclined to do things instead of having three characters who were going to talk it out. And then Scarpin just kind of had to take it on himself anyway. So I think that's where I would have... To walk through the portal. Maybe. No, but but yeah. Like, there was a time where we were talking about something and I, I like I, I DM'd Mike and I said, I freaking wish I had made Ellery a Magnus Rushes in character because I cannot talk about this for one more second. But Ellery like was it was a talker also. So that's where we were. We were just gonna talk about it. And in my head I'm like, Yeah, Darren doesn't do that. Uh right. so <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's a you problem. No, I and that's why I was saying it. That's and why then, yeah, I yeah, gotta yeah. Yeah, then I got a DM saying, just do it. And yeah. so I, w- I walked through the portal. Oh, okay. So, it wasn't uh, your own choice. <laughs> thanks for that text, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I think, the one thing that I would have uh, adjusted a bit. What, what about uh, uh, Yeah, I think I really, I liked Scarpin more than playing Kath. Um, I didn't. Uh, as we mentioned before, that was my first. Uh, the first campaign was my first Dungeons and Dragons experience, um, and I basically was just playing Mike Williams as a uh, who I would play in a LARP, uh, but slightly different because I was half orc. Um, but this, I wanted to have a voice, character voice, uh, have a uh, appearance that I would not play in a LARP. Because I refuse to play, have makeup or horns or anything in LARPing, um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I based it on what I thought would be fun to play, role play with, and also uh, the world I wanted to play in, which is the dream world, and kind of being like this master of this like unseen universe that uh, he knows about but nobody else does. So, so Doctor Strange. Know. Is it? I haven't. (laughs) A little, but like in a good in a good way, right? Like, yeah. All right, I've got a question here that says, uh, "Anything you wish you to me? Anything you wish you got to explore that the or have the party come across that we didn't have time for?" Um, I think no. And the way that we divided out the the campaign, um, I really we only had the space to get to what we had to get to you know when i uh so when i wrote the demons i knew that the demons were going to be the antagonist and i knew that i needed to come up with basically like these lieutenants right these memorable characters who could be her greater demons for people to fight and uh i wanted to generate that in a way that was like exciting and interesting and like to give myself some inspiration i just like pulled out a tarot deck and pulled the greater arcana and shuffled it and i drew five cards from the greater arcana and uh and then the empress i kept the empress aside because i knew that the empress was like one of the keys and then i just flipped them and it was like the moon which became nosferat um it was death which became death (laughs) Uh, it was Temperance, which became the Grey Lady. Uh, it was uh, the Lovers, which became the Strangers. And it was... Um, uh, who am I missing? I'm missing one. Oh, the uh, the Whisper of Lies was the Devil. 
That's um, so cool. cool. That is really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. And who I, is yeah? Who is the two of cups? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I only grabbed the greater arcana. <laughs> the major really, arcana. Really cool. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun to to use that as a way to like justify what their powers were and like who they were. And I thought some of them, like some of it was so fitting because like I wrote Nosferat as this like leader, like the, the head of the vampires or whatever. And then Steph was like, I want to play a vampire. And I was like, <laughs> Like, like I was just like already primed. I had uh, old scratch written and uh, you know, Mikey was like, I want to do dream stuff. And I was like, yes. Uh, I hated how into it you were. (laughs) Yeah. But also now I'm going to need like, like maybe, maybe for bonus content, uh, we can talk through the other uh, cards in the major arcana (laughs) and what kind of devil you would make or what kind of demon you would make. Yeah. Just draw like six more Mm. and see what happens. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it it was a lot of, that was, uh, this isn't really answering the question, but it's something I wanted to talk about before uh, we got there and, uh, we're almost there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, an Mm. exciting and fun way for me in, in the writing phase, uh, to, to get that all put together. All right, this is the last question, guys. This is what we got. So, okay. uh, Rob, you can you can sit this one out. <laughs> what do you guys see your characters doing for the rest of their lives? <laughs> oh, laugh-o, y'all. No, I, so I think, you know, we're at a point, right, where the story has, our story has ended. Whatever happens in the future is whatever, but... From this point in time, what do you think, like, like if, if the world was open to them from this point forward, what would the outcome of your character be? Um, you know, all, no other input changing that course. All right. I, I want to go before it gets gross. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so- Garfin wants to know about the Nightholder connection to the fading. Uh, he doesn't like that the Nightholders snip the knowledge of the fading, but they don't know why because of the fading. They don't they don't, they don't know why they're doing it. So that that bothers him quite a bit. So he would he would look into that, trying to figure out that, and also try and recover his ability to dream. Um, as he used to. So I think that he has a lifetime of stuff to do just with that right there. So it's kind of boring, but also like I genuinely want to pursue that either out of game where Anthony just tells me or uh, (laughs) in game where I get to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like one of the, the weirdest parts of taking this break now, right? Is like, uh, for everybody but Belroth, like these characters are only halfway done. <laughs> well, I mean, he's dead, and so like he doesn't get to ki- he doesn't Not get dead. to he keep going. He was literally erased by the power of destruction. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit more fun. He's not rotting. He just doesn't exist. Uh, I, I mean, he had a corpse. He did. Yeah, we buried oh, yeah, it. That's fair. We buried something. Well, I don't know. You're right. This is when we find out Rob definitely didn't listen to the funeral. <laughs> I. It was hard. It was hard to listen to it. Yeah. Like, no, honestly, I imagine. Like, what do you I want? I imagine. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
but yeah, so like leaving these characters in in basically the middle of like when you look at uh, Dungeons and Dragons character arc progressions, right? Uh, we ended at what like 10, ten, eleven, ten, I think. Yeah, and like that's dead yeah, middle. We, we didn't. Level we up probably would have gotten level nine had we not bullied Anthony. Um, <laughs> a, like a little, if we had bullied him less, it would have been nine. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and so like. We're in the middle of a lot of these epic stories, right? And so it's kind of weird to think, like, there's a chance that they could retire. Yeah, I mean, Ellery's got a play to write. And that's That's really, like, you know, that's important because the whole point of her leaving home was to collect stories. And that's what she did. She (laughs) definitely has a story to tell. Right. And so I think that that like that's next on her list is to go back to Naya and like she I think being away from it kind of like Mikey was saying like we didn't really have any characters we were rooted to that she could latch on to like a new grandma which you know if there was someone who like if Willow Hart had hung on a little bit longer you know <laughs> who uh, knows yeah grandpa Grandpa Willowheart over there. Grandpa Dubs. Grandpa Dubs. Um, but yeah, so like she definitely needs to be home. Steph, you can go find Wesley. <laughs> yeah, and Steph loves him. that idea. I wanna, I wanna reinforce that Ellery has conflicting feelings about Wesley. She wishes that you know he hadn't made some of the mistakes that he had made. And what about Steph? Steph says, "I wish he fucking died in that pit." <laughs> could have just left him could have just let him die he should have volunteered if he wanted to make up for his shit so much he should have just said I'm taking the crown should have ripped it off Belroth's head taken that damage and died right there he had to carry so, the train uh, Deren will just follow Ellery uh, wherever she goes he'll follow like I want to be very clear that uh, to Deren like the stability of a home has never meant anything good. And for the first time with Tessa, he's had that. And so like to see his friends go in different directions, he's got to make the choice of like, do I follow my buddy Scarpin? uh, Or do I like, stay where my heart wants to be uh because to him those are the only two choices he doesn't have a home to go home to after this scarpin and ellery both have stuff to be tied to Deeran has been adrift the whole time and and belroth's dead and belroth died (laughs) and so like because honestly the like the real the real move uh between like the real conflict for Deeran would have been between Belroth and Ellery of like, hey, Belroth is still now driving to find like secrets and he's driving to find answers and he's doing things. Yeah. And if Ellery's gonna stay home and write a play, like Deeran's gonna get bored. Yeah. Like he's gonna he's gonna be I don't think going a little stir crazy. I don't think Deeran would have liked to marry Belroth. Think. No, no, I didn't say anything I don't think about you marriage. Wanted, I don't think it would have been a good couple. I feel like you weren't fucking listening, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
because he's dead. It's, oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Ears don't uh, work. But when so you're yeah, Diren Diren will absolutely end up in Naya. Uh, hopefully developing a relationship with Ellery's grandma because he's never had like a, a like a maternal caring influence. And uh, Uncle Uncle Chuck. Oh, what right. was this? Uh, Uncle. <laughs> Your Patron neighbor? Of, no, uh, Tavern Knight. Randy. Randy. <laughs> neighbor Randy. Yeah, Randy, Randy and Deeran are going to hit it oh, off. Wow. They're going to be best buds. Yeah, maybe maybe we're in the like wood shop together and he's teaching me how to like whittle or something. Yeah. I forgot about I, Randy. I, I thought you were going to go with, uh, with Ellery's new step-grandpa. Uh, oh, who is a dragon? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that is something that I. Okay. <laughs> hey, everyone! Don't kill him, Anthony. Everyone, thank you all so much. Not only for being here with us tonight, but for uh, being a part of this campaign, for listening, for enjoying the story as it unfolded, and. Uh, you know, for just being a part of this show in the long term. And I want to say also thank you so much to my fellow cast members for the incredible work that they did this campaign uh, with these characters and with this world and to do such fun and amazing stuff. Um, in And in, in it just would not be... Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just uh, so much fun to work with you guys. So thank you to all of you as well. Um, and uh, we love you all, and we'll see you again one day. Uh, goodbye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>